0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, as always, is the Turf King Cameron Charlton. What is going on, Cam?
1: Man, I am doing well. It was another rough weekend for our Dolphins. It's going to be a rough year, but other than that, it was a big get-right week for us. What a week in betting-wise, indeed. The Raptors are exciting, and you know what? It's not too bad to be a Habs fan right now. They're one in five. They're not playing good hockey. But you don't have to look very far to see a team that's struggling way worse, and things are falling off a cliff there. So you know what? It could be worse being a Habs fan because the Leafs are doing just as bad. But the sky is falling in Leafs land.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. And like, let's 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 just dive right into that. I mean, obviously, we're going to go into um, our recap of our NFL NFL picks. Uh, I apologize uh, to our listeners, my. I have a slight speech impediment today. I bit my tongue at hockey last night, and it's nice and swollen and sore. So I apologize. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, let's dive kind of right into the NHL. Um, you know, you look at uh, the standings right now, and, and the Atlantic Division has kind of flipped on its head. you got Buffalo in second, Detroit in third. Uh, you know, the Leafs are currently sitting in fifth. Uh, with five points tied with Tampa Bay. So that's not the worst thing ever than Ottawa and Montreal are at the bottom. Um, but like, look at around the league. I mean, Colorado two and three, um, you know, Vegas one and four, right? Like you've, and obviously Edmonton is looking good at five and oh, but like, you've got these, these, these good teams and Carol, even
1: Arizona. Oh, five and one. Like, they're better than that, right? You got a lot of these teams who are no. That's the big question mark today. It was kind of a joke because now we have the Cardinals who are what six and zero, seven and zero. Yeah, we have everyone's wondering who wins more games this year: the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals or the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, the Coyotes again. we not. They weren't a
0: complete dumpster fire last year. Like Buffalo was a dumpster fire. Didn't really do that much, and now they're four one and one. So I, I think it's just it's one of those things where, like, I get. You know, like Brian Hayes on, on Overdrive and TSN was yesterday was talking about how you know enough with the excuses, enough with this, enough with that, and I'm like, I, I understand that to a certain extent. Um, you're seven games into the season. How many times, like, if the sky's falling now? Remember when they went on? Was it a la- couple of, last year or, la- year or the year before when they went on like a 10 game winning streak to start the season, and everybody's like, "Oh, plan the parade," and then now they're two, four, and one, and they're like. Oh, the sky's falling. Like, it can't just be in the middle. And their play
1: has not looked good. Don't get me wrong. Their play has been well, awful. The, the thing is, is there's not one person who could have expected them to win last night. It was game seven. Leafs just don't win game seven. <laughs> All right, funny guy. You're hilarious. Just waiting to say that one. Um, But but seriously,
0: like, it's it's not a biased take to say you're seven games into the season and you're 2-4-1. and one. I don't think the record's not what concerns me. That's that's not the concerning factor to me. I, I and if you look at some of the stats, I mean, I tweeted this out at Zach Burke over six this morning. I I sent that retweet um, just about the Leafs and and their scoring chances with their top guys, and you know it's uh, or it might have been from out over six boards, but it's it's just one of those things where their expected goals, their rebound chances, their um, their chances around the net other than rebounds, like they're all extremely high but they're only scoring two goals a game. So that's not obviously going to continue. So that's great. I still think there's obviously problems
1: defensively. Jack Campbell hasn't looked that good, but it's still early. Yeah. I mean the eye test. Yeah. Maybe they should have scored a couple more goals, but the eye test shows that they should be giving up this many. They are so weak on the puck. Even the second goal yesterday, like you can't do anything against a player coming into your own own end. The corners are so weak in their own end and the eye test. Yeah. They probably should have a few more goals than they do, but, man, they just look so bad defensively. The effort is just not there. Like, they literally had comparisons last night and a couple of reporters and the analysts going off and watching Matthews. And he's doing the same things Barzal did or Ovechkin did. And what happened to them and their coaching staffs? They got benched for two periods for yep. doing the back-checking and the effort that he gives. And if his wrist is bugging him and that's the reason, then don't be playing because you're a liability out there right now, especially when you only have one goal. If you're scoring a bunch of goals then okay, whatever. But, I mean, at some point, Sheldon Keefe's got to hold these guys accountable a little more. And I know now it looks like Sheldon Keefe's uh, right at the top of being the coaches fired right along with the Blackhawks coach. They're the two best odds to be the first coach fired right now. And, I mean, watching the games, a lot of it has to be on Sheldon Keefe right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at who's leading the team in points, William Neander leading the team in points with five. And then you've got to fill up the rest of the list. It's like Simmons, Spezza, uh, Bunting, like all these role playing guys. And this is like, this is where I think there's some positives, right? Like Marner and Tavares and, and Matthews have struggled. Matthews only played three games so far, but they've struggled. And, you know, they're good enough to turn it around. Like those guys, if they start playing to up to their potential, we're going to be just fine. It's encouraging to see the 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 depth players playing decently. And, I mean, I mean in terms of Nick Sheldon Key, looks Nick, Nick looks Richie bad. doesn't look good. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He looks doesn't. really bad. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, I think the big thing for the Leafs right now as well is, is they're just finding out how much they miss Zach Hyman. Um, you know, and, like, we've talked about this, you know, behind the scenes about how, like, this guy – um number one has the ability to play with the best players in the world obviously with uh
1: playing with mcdavid right now and he's been lighting it up um, yeah, he's got five five goals six points and five games played he's he's off to a pretty hot start and 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 he was ex- like i just think that his they, they overlooked and i know they couldn't pay him like, and that's
0: a decision that they had made signing other guys um but that guy no matter what line he was on made them better and when he was not in the lineup, they were just not as good. And they filled in pieces to fill the gaps, and it hasn't worked. Like it's just not been done. Like Nick Ritchie is not Zach Hyman. Michael Bunting is not Zach Hyman. So when you don't have that guy there, somebody else has to step up and do it. And I feel like, especially for Matthews and, and Marner and those guys, right? Like they've been used to having guys go get the puck for them and they get they're the skill guys. Well, guess what? That guy's gone now. So you got to go into the corners. you got to do the dirty work. And
1: is it going to take 10, 20 games to figure that out? Hopefully not. Yeah, I think the other big concerning factor here is Jack Campbell. Sure, I think everyone, every real person, or if you really thought about it, he was going to regress a little bit off what he did last year, especially what he did in the playoffs. Like, he was unbelievable in the playoffs. His numbers were better than Carey Price's. You thought there was going to be some regression, but that's why you brought in Peter Mrazik. Him getting injured hurt. Jack Campbell doesn't look really good, and you have nowhere else to go right now. And Jack Campbell hasn't played enough in the NHL where you feel comfortable with him starting 60-plus games, I don't think. And that's why you brought in a guy like Mrazik. And with him hurt and Hutchison as your third, uh, it's a struggle. I mean, everyone's, oh, Hutchison cost him the game the other day. No, he gave up one more goal probably than you should have. One more goal than probably Campbell would have. But you didn't deserve to win. You're just bad right now. You're playing – you're not – playing the games as hard as you need to be, especially when you know Hutchison's in net, That's got to be a concern to me from looking from the outside in is Jack Campbell is regressing a bit and you have nowhere else to go this year. And I think Campbell's still a guy where you need a 1A, 1B with him. Well, you're not getting much support defensively. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Your defense
0: is not doing you any favors. And I think Jack Campbell in the opener looked really good. And he was the only reason they were in that game to start. Um, So... Yeah, like Mudson's had a really tough start to the year. It's been it's been not so good. His numbers have not looked great at all. Um, you know, Morgan Riley's been fine. It's just one of those things where uh, it's the same old, same old. They're playing exactly like they did in Game Five, Six, and Seven versus the Habs in the playoffs last year, and it's the classic Leafs ML. The big thing, as I said, the biggest difference now is usually they start hot and then they you know tail off near the end of the season and they you know sputter out. I don't know what it's going to take for these guys to get a, to get it going, but um, I, I enough of the blank slate, enough of the lessons chat. Like, like it must be just so funny to other people and yourself, Cam. Like how they're like, "Oh, it's a blank slate now," and uh, we have all these lessons, and it's like, guys, you haven't got past the first round
1: since two thousand three. Like, no, it was, it was lessons the year you guys lost to the Capitals in the playoffs. Yes. It looks like you should have won because the Capitals were a really good team. Then it was even lessons, maybe once against Boston. Now you're at a point, your past lessons, you just need to get it done. No more lessons. School is not in session. Lessons is over. We need the uh, Josh Donaldson line from the Toronto Blue Jays here. It's not the tri-league. It's the get-or-done league. And that's what the NHL needs to be for the Leafs right now. Moral victories do not matter. Um...
0: And and as I said, it's not time to panic in terms of the standings, in terms of whatever. Like, that's not the concern here. The sky is not falling. The concern is, is that your best players aren't being your best players and continually have not, as shown in the playoffs, been your best players. That's the big concern.
1: Yeah, but let's talk a little more positive now. Let's move to the other team that plays out of the ACC, I mean, or Scotiabank Arena, I guess it is. It's always going to be the Air Canada Centre. Always in in forever. The Raptors are not off to a good start. They're 1-3, but you see a future here. You see a lot of positives. Pascal Siakam still hasn't played, and he's still supposed to be your top scorer. But, man, we question Usai. We did. You didn't know why he was going off the board with this draft pick. But Scotty Barnes, man, looks so good through four games. Averaging 16.8 points, 1.3 assists, and 8.5 rebounds. He had a 25-point double-double against the Celtics. And, man, he's just – you see everything why Ujiri drafted him here. And Masai, you you just feel good about it. I mean, at this point, can we question anything
0: that Masai Ujiri does? Straight up. Like, I mean, the guy brought a chip to the city in 2019. He took uh, one of the most beloved Raptors, traded him for a uh, you know, uh, one-year stint from Kawhi Leonard and turned that into a, into a championship. So he and, – and, and we had this conversation, again, that's way before over six sports was a thing, about, you know, would you trade 10 bad years of Raptors for one championship? Absolutely you would. Absolutely. You take, you take that title. That's what you got to do. Same thing with the Leafs. I would take 50 more years of bad Leafs if they could win the cup this year. Or next year. Or any year, really. Right? Like that's like that glory in that moment. You will absolutely take the pain. But the beauty part about having a guy like Masai is that you win the championship. You have a off year in, you know, 2019, 2020, 2020, 2021. Meh, they're kinda of like those rebuilding years. And then you load up with a guy like Scotty Barnes. You get some of these nice picks. And uh I mean Suggs would have been a great addition as well. But there's something special about Scotty Barnes and I wonder too how much of it is That he fits in with the culture that they're trying to, you know, instill once again with the Raptors.
1: Yeah, this culture, this young team, everything they're doing is just it's unbelievable to see. And you saw something similar with like the Phoenix Suns last year, where they didn't have the big three, they didn't have the superstars, but they got a lot of young pieces who were all really good. And Jason Kidd says he sees Scotty Barnes being a superstar. This is Jason Kidd's one of the best players in the last 20 years we've seen and it's just unbelievable to see. And you just look back at like the moves Masai made. Yeah, he gave up DeRozan who was the face of the franchise forever. But to give up Jakob Pertle and to keep Van Vliet, Ananobi Pascal, like you gave up arguably the fifth best prospect on this team. I know he was a higher draft pick, but he ends up being like the fifth best prospect to do all this. And so yeah, you get your championship and you don't mortgage the future at all to do it. You got rid of DeRozan who's still a good player, but he's his way out anyway though. Yeah. You just look at you look at a move like that and you're looking back at it and you're like, oh man, how did he manage this? And I know I know the Raptors are still probably they're gonna be a tough team. They might get it, sneak into the playoffs, and they're gonna be a pesky team, I think, when Pascal's back. They're not gonna win the championship this year or anything, no. but you see what they're building to this year, and they're super fun to watch. It's it's exciting to watch them, and I know it's gonna be even more when Siakam's back. Because last
0: year was not fun. I'm not gonna lie. Watching Raptors basketball last year was painful painful. It was like new starters every game, new players all over the place, and like guys that obviously were not hanging around, so it, it,
1: it is nice to kind of get back to some sort of consistency. Yeah, and I just love also, they're just bringing in a couple Canadians here and there. Kem Birch now at center, and your backup center's Boucher, who's Canadian. It's nice to see some Canadians playing for the Raptors. Uh, always love cheering for Canadians, especially in not so much Canadian sports. Again, a culture
0: thing. Like Masai, it's like okay, we got an entire country behind the Toronto Raptors. There's some skilled Canadian players. Bring them aboard, give them a shot. Like, like you have guys who they're not maybe the most talented guys, but I'll tell you what: when you're playing in front of your family and friends in your home in your hometown, and you're playing for your country, I'm telling you right now that you're gonna play better. Absolutely, you're gonna play better, and you're getting the absolute most out of those guys. So if they're gonna give you a couple minutes and they're they're solid quality minutes, and you can, you know. At the end of the day, it's a business. You're gonna sell, <laughs> you're gonna sell some jerseys. You're gonna sell some tickets. It's not the worst move in the world to have some hometown kids, but hey, as long as it helps the Raptors win, that's what I'm concerned about.
1: Yeah, so that's about all I have to touch on the Raptors. Burke, are you ready to move into our recap? Uh, I am. But did you want to say anything about the halves before we
0: do? Because we, I kind of skipped right over them.
1: Well, the only nice thing to see about the Habs right now is Shea Weber took the trip. He's living in BC doing his rehab and everything for his foot. He took the trip down to Seattle. They were at the uh, football game last night as a team with Shea Weber there. I think that's been one of the biggest things missing from the Habs this year is leadership. You have no Shea Weber around the team, no Carey Price around the team, no Joel Edmondson. You lost to no, you lost to tar. I think that's a big issue in why they're struggling. I mean, they're doing okay things and you kind of knew missing all those pieces from last year, they were going to struggle. But they brought in Shea Weber from BC to go down to Seattle, spend some time with the team. Hopefully he can get things back on track. And, I mean, they had the get-right spot against the Red Wings. They took it to them on Saturday night. And, I mean, the Red Wings without their best player is kind of funny. So uh, it's it's not going to be a great year for the Havs, but who knows. They could get pesky again, and if they can get healthy, get Edmondson back, you never know. Was it a Green Lake special for uh,
0: Shea Weber in Seattle? Like, how do you pitch that? How does he pitch that to his wife and be like, hey, honey, sorry, i got to go on a work trip. To the sea <laughs> to the Seattle Seahawks game with the boys. Sorry. It's all about morale, huh? Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, I gotta go spend week two weeks with these or a week and a bit with these guys <laughs> on their West Coast trip. Their morale's struggling. I'm still the captain. I'm still getting paid. So I'm gonna go down to the Seahawks game, gonna go to the Kraken game at the new arena, gonna go to spend some time with the boys.
0: Yeah, I know. Like it's such a funny little thing. <laughs> hey, maybe he brought his family with them. I don't I don't know. Maybe. But uh of all the things, like I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really complain. The guy's still getting, as you said, he's still getting paid. So, all right. I'm excited to get into it. It's the over six NFL picks week seven recap. And we were on fire this week. Absolute domination across the board. We had some misses. That's, uh, we're unfortunate and we're going to talk about them, but overall an extremely positive weekend for the boys. Um, Cam let's, uh, let's start on the Thursday.
1: Yeah. So we had Denver heading to Cleveland. Cleveland was laying three and a half and everyone was out this game. We weren't really sure. No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt, no Baker Mayfield. Cleveland got the job done though, but they did not cover the three and a half and we were on Denver here. Denver's offense just, it's not good. They're not good. And Dernis Johnson looked really good. It's like, how many r- r- really good running backs does Cleveland have? Like, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are arguably, <laughs> arguably top five talents in the NFL if they had their own like own team to be the f- number one back in. And then you add Dernis Johnson, who goes off against the Broncos, who is a good defense, too. And it's just, wow, it's impressive. I mean, I think they hope Baker's back. Keith Kingdom's fine, but... They got the job done. Both teams needed this win, and the Broncos are just looking a little more flawed than I think we all thought they were.
0: Yeah, Teddy Two Gloves uh, has got some struggles going on right now. Um, No doubt about that. Uh, Shout out to me for calling Dernus Johnson a nobody. You're welcome, fantasy owners across the universe, for that. Um, So, hey, hit me up at Zach Burke Over6 or at Over6 Sports, the next person that you want me to call a nobody, and I got you. You got to – you got a tough spot in your fantasy matchup this week. You need a nobody shout-out to uh, like maybe Bolden for the Patriots to go off next week. I got you, baby. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's a good start to the week. Uh, we got the cover. I was a little nervous about it because, um, as you said, the, the Broncos offense was just not very good. Um, but, hey, kind of sneak a little back to our cover. We'll take it.
1: 1-0, baby. Yeah, so we move into the Sunday slate, the early games. We'll move into the first one. We had Carolina heading to the New York football Giants. Uh. And, wow. I mean, we should have saw this, though. Sam Darnold heading back to that stadium, he had to see ghosts. (laughs) Like, like that's Uh. that's the only thing. Like, Sam Darnold through weeks one through three looked unbelievable, and then he goes back to that stadium, and you had to know he was going to be terrible. He actually gets benched for – yeah, P.J. Walker, who's not very good either. XFL I mean, just,
0: star, P.J. Walker. Come on.
1: Yeah. Put and I don't like... Respect in the boy's yeah. name. The Giants had nobody playing. It was Devontae Booker and who?
0: Devontae Dante Booker didn't Pettis. do anything.
1: Dante Pettis, I Booker, think, led the
0: receivers. Booker didn't do anything. Honestly, he had one touchdown short yardage. Like He honestly was not that impactful. Um Man, my lock of the week, my survivor pick this week was Carolina. I got a little cute, got a little too cute this week, and I really thought that uh, they were in a bounce-back spot, but I think it's safe to say um, Carolina's just not good. Carolina's just not good. They they got a soft schedule to start the year, started off 3-0, and and ever since then, they're 0-4.
1: And you say, well, it's C-Mac. Well, is it? A lot of it has to do with C-Mac, and then a lot of it has to do with these receivers being terrible. Robbie Anderson's now been targeted over 25 times for less than 30 yards over the last three weeks. Like he's getting a ton of targets, a ton of drops, a ton of issues. DJ Moore's not being able to do anything because they're doubling him. If you know no know, nobody else is there. He can't do anything. So they're making it tough. Sam Darnold's trying to force it too much. So C-Mac does make a big difference on this offense. I mean, he's arguably the best offensive player in the NFL, So, you look at it, he just opens up the offense. You can't double DJ Moore if he's playing. you got to respect him. So, it is a massive difference. We'll see if and when he gets back, if it changes. But, uh, yeah, the Panthers go from looking like they could be like 6 or 7 and oh to start the year to now being in a difficult spot and losing to the Giants. Crashing and burning. And, by the way, we we haven't even talked about
0: Carolina's defense. Like, you let the park V list giants put 25 on you 25 points you scored three obviously three not going to get it done but you still gave up 25 points to the giants that's terrible
1: like what happened Yeah, i mean you watch this defense and they just look so dejected by the offense really like watching parts of the games <laughs> that's fair like they they look so dejected by this offense not being able to do anything like they only gave up they gave up two touchdowns, two decently long field goals. They had a safety so that's the offense's fault for two of those points. It's just kind of messy. So I mean I don't think their defense is as bad as it seemed this game. I still think they're a good defense, but it doesn't really matter when your offense is this bad. Yeah. No,
0: it really doesn't. It's kinda of like the NHL, right? Where you're like, Oh, you know, let's just say you you lost three one, it's like, oh a goal you didn't play very well. Well, yeah, well you didn't score. But in this one, yeah, like you're giving that many points out of your defense. Like, oh, God dang, guys, we got to go out and, and play defense after you put up a piss poor effort like that. Brutal. I'm pretty rattled about it. I'll probably pick the Panthers
1: next week, though, but we'll see. So moving along, we had the Washington football team heading to Green Bay. Green Bay was laying nine and a half. And, I mean, this Washington team's just bad. They're bad. There's- I keep thinking this defense is going to get right and Chase Young's going to figure it out. Montez Sweat's going to figure it out. They're just, they can't. Like, (laughs) Chase Chase Young has, like, what, three sacks this year, if that? He's just not been what he was last year. Sweat doesn't look as good. This D line isn't as good as it was last year. Aaron Rodgers kind of got the job job done. I thought it would kind of be a letdown spot, but I mean, yeah, I just, I don't really have much to say about this Washington team. They're just not very good gibson's playing on one broken leg so he's kind of i don't really know what to think of him every time he looks like he's going to get space he kind of struggles a bit like he's clearly in pain i don't like he, but it's an injury that's not going to get worse and he can play through i just i don't know what to do scary terry still still had a really good game fantasy yeah. wise but washington yeah i don't i don't know what they're doing they're definitely not winning the division
0: you know that your team is not good when tyler henneke has to rush for 95 yards that, that's that's just not going to get it done. Like, offensively, I actually think that, and he had a couple chances. I mean, you look at, there's some that, uh, I mean, he might have had a couple rushing touchdowns. One kind of got pulled away. He thought he got in. I thought he was out. Um, but they just, hey, the reality is, is the Packers are not blowing the lights and or, uh, you know, knocking the lights out, blowing people away. But they're being efficient. They're getting the job done. Um, you know, Packers are 6-1. and one. Has it seemed like the Packers are a 6-1 and one team? because it doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel like the
1: the Packers are odd and it'll be a big Thursday night game this week so we'll get to that one later but uh yeah I mean the Packers are getting the job done I think everyone thought they should win their division anyways but just kind of a weird year for them yeah moving along to the next game we had Cincy heading to Baltimore let's go Baltimore laying six and are the Cincinnati Bengals really good Look ahead to the buy. I talked about it last 40, week. Forty-one seventeen. It wasn't even the look ahead to the buy. I think as it was more of a letdown spot after coming off the big Chargers win. Maybe, but yeah, since since he's, I mean, their offense looks good. Jamar Chase looks like something else. <laughs> CJ Uzama might get what a hundred fab bucks if if you had any <laughs> left. Hey, I have ten. I have ten left. Thank you very much.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, like. Jamar Chase, I I remember looking at him in the fantasy draft, um, and I could have taken him, but he had a horrible preseason. Like, he couldn't catch the ball in preseason. He did nothing, and everybody's like, oh, I don't know about this guy. And then he's like, "Ah, actually, yeah, I'm really good. And the fact that he's he's going to
1: challenge Jefferson's records is nuts. Not even challenge them. He's on pace to absolutely destroy them. Like, it's not even challenge them. He's going to destroy them if he keeps up similar pace. The biggest thing about the Bengals – they have the fourth easiest strength strength of schedule thus far. They now have the toughest strength of schedule going or second toughest going the rest of the season. So yeah, they've got the job done against teams they've needed to, but it gets a lot tougher in a hurry for them. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes for them, but that's still a nice step for them. Yeah, no, they figured it out. And for a team who has no offensive line, their offense is quite good. So all this talk that we always hear, especially in some of our groove chats, you need an offensive line. Since he has nobody and they're getting the job done. Yeah, I mean,
0: Joe Burrow looked pretty good. Like his, his yeah. pickup on the blitzes have been looking good. And um, is Ravens the bad? Because they played really good against the Chargers. And then I guess, I mean, they did the same blitz again. You actually had a quarterback who could get the ball out quick. So
1: I just, I just don't know why they didn't change the game plan after that was not working early. Yeah, with the Ravens' D this year with no Marcus Peters, I don't know if they can play a non-Blitz game. They kind of are that all-or-nothing defense, I think, more or less this year. Like, if you look past the secondary at past Humphrey, they have nobody. They're in trouble past Humphrey. So I think that's just it. They're going to do really well against quarterbacks who struggle against the Blitz, but against quarterbacks and offenses who have skilled players who can get the ball in space, they're going to struggle. So they're kind of a week to week like fantasy play. Like some weeks I think they're going to be good and they're going to up with like five or six sacks and maybe a pick or two. Other weeks they're going to get killed like this. Like they were minus one for my one fantasy team this year, this week, which <laughs> wasn't good. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what to think of Baltimore. We'll see come after this bye. But I think they're uh, they're a team who's needing the week off and especially figuring out what's going on in this running back core they have. Of I don't even really know. <laughs> I don't
0: know either. It's going to be a nightmare when they come off of pie. Uh, anyway, I was on the Moving Bengals. You were, you were on the yeah. Ravens. That's what happened.
1: Moving along, we had the New York Jets heading to Foxborough, where the Patriots finally got their first win at home this year, and it wasn't a game. 54-13. Did you ever think this Patriots team could put up 54 points? No. I can't believe I well, they- even considered the Jets last week. Can't even believe it. No, and not only did you have Zach Wilson out of the game where Bill Belichick destroys rookie quarterbacks, you had another terrible quarterback I've never heard of. I mean, people in our group chats were getting the name wrong. James, was, what was his
0: name? Jake White? Jake? No, Mike White. Mike, Mike White. White.
1: Sorry, I knew it was like a really basic name.
0: Like Mike or Steve or something, whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we read on this too much. The only plus side I'm thinking about this game is the Dolphins play the Jets twice this year still. So uh, okay. there's hopefully two get right spots. Hopefully, yep. if we uh, lose a game to the Jets, I mean, I, it's going to be,
0: it's yeah, I mean that's definitely going to be <laughs> a really uh, a tough spot. <clears throat> I mean, but look, yeah. The other thing. To- Sorry, um, the other thing is, is we also have a game versus the Panthers. So <laughs> that, there's some positives there.
1: Yeah, I mean this was this should have been the lock of the week. We like I don't know why I didn't. Sometimes these seven numbers scare me and they shouldn't. Because New England was a much better team with a much better coach. All the things lean that way, so it shouldn't have been much. Moving along, we had KC heading to Tennessee. Tennessee winning twenty seven to three. We both took them plus five and a half. And I mean this was too easy. Like Buffalo's better than KC.
0: There's no oh, doubt in my mind no, about that. No doubt about that. that. That's not even a conversation anymore. But there's one thing that we have been, again, harping on. And, Cam, say it with me. The
1: Chiefs don't Chiefs cover. Cover. Ever. But I don't, like... Ever. I mean, they only put up three points against Tennessee's terrible defense. Mahomes got knocked out, like, ten- too, by the way. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was the first play of the no. game. They put up three points with plenty of time where... Mahomes now is tied with Zach Wilson for most turnovers this season. He's actually probably going to pass him because Zach Wilson's out two to four weeks. So <laughs> can't throw interceptions had, when you're on the IR. <laughs> if anybody had some uh, good tickets on Mahomes leading the league in turnovers, that would have been pretty good. Because I don't think that I, I can't imagine the odds at that beginning of the year. Like Mahomes plus a hundred
0: thousand, probably. Like ridiculous. Like
1: and it's not even if you if you watch the games, it's not even oh, defenses are figuring them out. No, Mahomes has just suddenly decided to make Jameis winston style plays like he's like oh yeah i could just throw it up to nobody and hope somebody catches it and it's not even like throwing it up to kelsey and hoping kelsey will catch it over a defender no it's literally just throwing it not looking and i know he's famous for his no look passes but at least they're right on the numbers to somebody these are getting sacked and just throwing it up in the air and he looks terrible and i don't really know what to think about this kc team they're not going to make the playoffs I I can't see them. I I mean, the AFC's weak, so they might have a chance, but this team's not doing anything. And, I mean, this is another thing about this team is this defense goes from sixth in the league last year to now they're, I think, second worst D, DVOA. So that's a big drop-off, and it just adds to, you get Miami, you get Washington, you get KC. Defenses year to year, you just never know. And that's just something you have to take into consideration now. I could see KC making the playoffs,
0: though. I could see it. It's not going to they're not going to win the division, but um, like I, I think they could sneak into a wild card spot if they go on a bit of a run. But I mean, as, as we've kind of talked about, right, each one of these games is starting to be, you know, we could say a must win game here, a must win game there. I mean, every game that they're playing right now is pretty much a must win game because you're in a hole. And I mean, I almost feel better being a Miami fan right now because like we don't have nearly the amount of talent that that team does, and they are struggling just as mightily as us.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know where to read on this KC team. I really don't know what to do with them. Again, the NFL concussion protocol is stupid because Patrick Mahomes is already back practicing and is expected to play this week. Yeah, man, he was unconscious on the field. Yeah, how, how is this even like? No. I I don't don't get it. I mean, the NHL, he'd be out for at least 10 days. Devontae Adams was the same. When Devontae Adams got knocked out, he got knocked
0: out. Limp arm, noodle, knocked out, returned two plays later? Like, no. The independent doctors are, that's absolute crap.
1: Yeah, so we'll move into the last 1 o'clock slate game. That was Atlanta heading to Miami. Miami, or Atlanta was favored by two and a half points. Miami gets the cover here. As it was thirty to twenty eight. I mean, just such a bizarre game. I mean, Kyle Pitts showing that he is Darren Waller, Kelsey ask, like you can't cover the guy. Yeah. Zavin Howard played great coverage on him multiple times, but Zaven Howard's not that big. He <laughs> can't get to the ball. If you throw it in places. Tua Tua. Where do I want to start? The last two weeks he has over six hundred yards, six yep. touchdowns. Which is good. Three interceptions. Six to three. Not terrible. It's the time, the time and place of these interceptions, fourth quarter in the red zones in their other side of the field. They're the wrong time and bad decisions. The first one on Sunday, you know what? I'm okay with you. Ac- yep. You're, you're a super accurate quarterback. Maybe you got to learn that you can't get those tight windows in the NFL, but you know what? He's still sort of a rookie. I'm fine with you learning those ones, learning that you can't get those tight windows. There was a play there. The second one, there's no excuse for. You were throwing it up to absolutely nobody, nobody while getting sacked. In the other end of the field, like your defense just gave you great field position. You need to take advantage of it. Take the sack there. You'd been so good on third down. You'd been finding Waddle all game long. You've been finding Gasecki when you need to. You had looked really good. You drove down the field, to come, some of your drives, you looked unbelievable. Just stop making dumb, dumb mistakes. I think There's about it like. Rook- Yeah, there's some rookie mistakes that you're allowed to make, and then there's just unexcusable errors, and that's kind of what we've seen from him. When you can dissect that and say, um, right,
0: if he takes that sack and they don't get the touchdown there, they score three points, and they also came back down late and got another touchdown, right, and that you win the game. I mean, you could say that, and you're right. You could say, well, what if Matt Ryan didn't fumble the ball, which, again, was a terrible fumble, Um, but – yeah, time and place. But, like, I mean, that last one was just, like, inexcusable. Um, it just can't happen. Like, take the points. There's enough time on the clock there. you don't have to force it. You can just take the sack, get on with it. You know, send your defense out who's been playing well. I thought Miami's defense was pretty good. Like, they had some nice third down stops. Um, you know, they got a little expo- exploited by Kyle Pitts, which is fine. You know that's going to happen. And, you know, the other mistake was, and again, I think this is a bit of a coaching thing, is they went down too quick. They gave three – you know, Matt Ryan had two and a half minutes left and three timeouts. That's a lot of time to march down the field. And once you get inside the 20, they're just going to run the ball, drain the clock, and kick the field goal, win the game. That's what they did. Um, so I, it's uh, it was disappointing. I definitely thought
1: that Miami had multiple chances to win this game. Multiple chances. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. On the turnovers, the point difference, you assume Miami is at least kicking field goals both there. So there's six. Atlanta scores 10 points on the turnover. So there's a 16-point swing. Miami, again, gets in trouble with the kick. This one wasn't Jason Sanders' fault. Uh, Nobody wanted to cover a guy blocking the field goal. So there, they miss another field goal on a block. Their special teams has kind of not been good the last two weeks, and that's been a big difference. I mean, you hit that, and you win the game. So there's just so many little things right now that are going against Miami. I'm going to try and take the positives out here. Some of these drives, us showed why he was a top five pick. Yep, He looked really good. He just needs to stop making these just horrible mistakes. I mean, these are mistakes that Patrick Mahomes is currently making as well. So and Carson we, wins. Yeah. Should we give him a little bit of leeway? I guess we can, especially in a year. But again, you don't have your first round pick, so you need to start winning games. You have a couple games against the Jets. You have a couple games here or there. But... I mean, again, he has 600 yards, six touchdowns in the last two games. There are signs here that he can be a good quarterback. So well, let's might, hope he can just f- figure out these mistakes. Yeah, I mean, my tweet about two might
0: suck. It was based off of that in- that interception, and because it was awful, it was absolutely horrible, horrible. And then he marched down the field and had a really good drive. So not that I—that's I, why I said might suck because, as you said, there's so many good flashes. Um, we're gonna have to see what happens. Uh, you know, moving forward, we've definitely got some winnable games out here. Um I still have a, a bet with a buddy about uh well it's our or nate, who's gonna win more games, the Panthers or Miami. And uh we're a couple games behind, but uh there's definitely some uh some road to work with and I think Miami can I think we're gonna get to five wins. I think five six wins, I think we can do it run out of road here but we, 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 we've been there like you look back in like the last like six or seven games we could have easily won two more I'll say two two more the one against the Raiders we should have won and that one we should have won for sure
1: yeah, and you look at it. Is this a team? This is a team where you kind of see some of the signs from last year and why they were a ten-win team. So can they beat some of these middle teams? They're probably like going into next week playing the Bills. They're not going to beat a really good team, no. I don't think anymore. Where beginning of the year you were kind of hopeful, but these middle teams, these ones where you're still not really sure. Sure, I think even how bad Miami's looked, being at one and six now. They can still beat some of these teams. I think they're good a good enough team to beat some of those teams. So let's hope they can get a few more wins, figure out a few more things, and let's hope Tua can continue the good signs we saw from the last two weeks and just get rid of those stupid mistakes. Cause he's showing enough signs for me that I can still I'm still hopeful he can be their quarterback. And run more Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of happy that Malcolm Brown is now on the IR, it sounds like, <laughs> because now they won't have a choice. Yeah. And Miles Gaskin looks explosive. He looks good. And again, now that your season, you're probably not making the playoffs, let's figure out what we have with Miles Gaskin. Let's, let's just it. give him the ball. Let's figure it out. He shows those signs of being a guy who can catch the pass in space and do something with it, too. Like you saw a guy like Kamara. No, he's not on the level of Kamara, but a guy who can do those things. So let's see it. Let's see if two is the guy. Let's see if Gaskin's the guy. Cause then there's two positions you don't have to worry about in the draft. I love it. That's your Miami 10 minute right there for all your Miami fans.
0: Screw the Falcons. We hate you. Let's get to the next one.
1: Yeah. Moving into Detroit, going to the LA Rams, Detroit was 15 point dogs and they covered quite easily here. And man, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell, Up 7-0 early off a crate play by DeAndre Swift. Onside kick. Let's go for (laughs) it. Gets it. Look like it's going to be a quick three and out. Get ready for the punt. Not even a guy not being covered on the punt. Just a rope by the punter to get it on fourth. He did it again in the game too. Two fake punts, both successful in this game. Dan Campbell's just like, Jared Koff must have put a bunch of money on the whiteboard for this game to try and get the win. And they did everything (laughs) they could. And I mean, yeah, LA did not come close to covering this but they easily got the win too. I'll
0: tell you this is that uh, Dan Campbell is making Detroit Lions football fun again.
1: Yeah right? is this not the best 0 7 team I think I've ever seen that might be. like you see you see like when the Browns were really bad and stuff you're like no this team's no. just horrible. Like Detroit like every week you're like man this team's fun. this team's exciting like I actually don't mind watching a Detroit Lions game like that beginning of the game was just super fun. I I man I just like watching
0: the start of that game I was like what is happening like I just could not believe and like all all of our Twitter people are like you know Dan Campbell's playing his angry Madden game like just got killed by his older brother now he's like fuck it we're going but uh, yeah no I uh, I can't wait to watch some more Lions and uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna keep hitting them they they're
1: covering machines and the other the other thing we got to touch on is Cooper Cup. 10 receptions 156 yards two touchdowns like he just he's I mean he's wide receiver one right now in the NFL there's no question about that and he's just looks unbelievable and it doesn't matter like other teams know they're going to Cooper Cup he gets the ball still gets the touchdown still gets yardage like he's so explosive in open space and just some of the plays they run with him he looks so good and now I guess the question is like If we had next year's fantasy draft going right now, where does Cooper Cup rank? Is he up there with Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill? Is he ahead of them? Like, is he an end-of-the-first-round pick in fantasy next year?
0: I mean, if he keeps it up, he will be for sure. I mean, he's looked unbelievable. And, like, every week you play against him, you're like, oh, God, I got to play against Cup this week? Like, who are they playing? Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, that's pretty much the sentiment, right? (laughs) Like...
1: Uh, yep so moving uh, along we had philly going to vegas vegas laying three points here and they got the cover quite easily jalen hurts got a garbage time touchdown boston scott rushed in at the near the end of the game for a garbage time but man vegas actually looks pretty good this is the Derek Carr that we saw from the first couple weeks 323 yards two touchdowns and again are the raiders actually good no they're still not good they're
0: still in the middle they're that they're that eight and eight and nine and set. Well, they're not any, anymore. But they're that
1: nine and eight team.
0: Like they're going to be right
1: in the middle. We know so in that division. We know the Broncos aren't winning the division. No. We know the Chiefs aren't winning the division. No. So it's the Raiders or the Chargers. Do the Raiders have a legit chance at winning the division? Yes. But are they? No. Chargers are going to win the division. Like that's the thing,
0: right? Is is that the Chargers? I I know they put up a stinker against the Ravens, but um. I think that's a one-off again. Right before the bye, you put up a stinker of a game, and uh, and there you go. The Ravens did the exact same thing the next week. So I think the Chargers are just better, and uh, and frankly, as I said, the Raiders are kind of going to be that middle, that that nine and nine and eight team, that ten and seven team. But uh, I think the Chargers are going to just roll the second half of this season, and that's uh,
1: I don't know. I mean, they're they're definitely better than I thought they were going to be, though. No doubt. Yeah, so we move along. Houston went to Arizona. Houston laying, or Arizona laying 17 and a half. Mm. We just thought this number was ridiculous, and apparently it wasn't. 31 (laughs) to 5 cards. And, I mean, I just thought for so many reasons, cards were going to look ahead to Green Bay on a short week. They thought they were going to rest guys, not be able to run up the score, but they still got it done. They still did what they needed to. Davis Mills, this offense for Houston looked bad again. 135 yards, no touchdowns. He's just not good enough right now. And, I mean, it looks like Tyrod's back to full practice this week. So, I might have to get back on that Texans train. But with Davis Mills at center, I don't think he can. Well, I was going to say, like,
0: when do we start fading the Texans? And, like, and, and I guess if Tyrod's coming back, the answer is we don't. We just keep hitting it. Um, I mean, Christian Kirk looked really good for the cards as well. I mean, they just got some weapons. Zach Ertz got his first touchdown uh, with the cards uh, since being traded there. Um, they just have so many weapons and Kyler is just looking unbelievable. Even considering his banged up shoulder, um, man, they're legit. They're legit, legit. I should have taken them in fan and uh, survivor pool this week. But as I said, got too cute. Um, that's such an easy win. And, uh, Hey, the cards just cover, man, they are covering every single week. doesn't matter the line. Like,
1: like even if next week it's 25 points, I don't even know. Like you almost got to take them to cover at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, the Thursday nighter, again, we got a couple more games to touch on, but both teams going to the Thursday nighter are 6-1 against the spread. So something's got to give. Yeah. Moving into the last Sunday afternoon game, we had Chicago heading to Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay was favored by 13, and that was not near enough, and we didn't think it was. I mean, Tom Brady just – Tom Brady's doing Tom Brady things. I mean, this guy's just ageless, gets his 600th career touchdown pass. Mike Evans which, gives the ball away. Yeah, but this uh, guy, fan who gets it, is quite happy that Mike Evans gave it away. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just super impressive what he's doing. Justin Fields looks horrible. And all these people after the draft who said that Miami should have drafted Justin Fields because two is not the guy. Justin Fields is a hundred times worse. The guy can't process an NFL D at all. Can't throw the ball. Doesn't look explosive like running wise, even like a Trey Lance does. So no, they definitely should not have. And I don't know if he's the answer for Chicago either. He's the answer for nobody, is the truth.
0: He he's, he looks terrible. Um. When does the Red Rocket get back in? I, I, I don't really know.
1: Bring him back. Out. I, he, he can't be worse. It's not the question of when does the Red Rocket get in. It's when is Matt Nagy gone. and. Oh, I, don't know when Ch- I don't know when Chicago's bye week is, but it's got to be soon because Matt Nagy's not good. He's got to be the next person gone. He's at status he, welcome. It was, yeah, it was him trading up to get Justin Fields to be the answer. He's not the answer there, so Chicago's a mess. Their defense actually at times looks really good still and I think they do have a good defense. I know Tampa Bay put up 38, but Tampa Bay's putting up as many points 40 as everybody. 40 on everybody. Everybody basically, so but yeah, Chicago's a mess and I don't know where to go with them. Tampa Bay getting the job done again. As they always do. And that was a nice little pickup for
0: us. We were giving, I think, Chicago a little bit of because we, we talked about oh, maybe Chicago, but no. Because their defense is all right, but their offense is so bad that even if they have good defense and they, you know, keep a team at 21 points, they're still going to lose by, <laughs> they're still only going to score a touchdown or less. So,
1: yeah, if, if you're bringing in Richard Sherman, like Tampa Bay's bringing in Richard Sherman to help their secondary, who's now injured, and you can't take advantage of that, your offense is not good enough. So, I mean, moving along, Sunday nighter, Indy heading to San Fran. San Fran favored by four, coming off the bye. Indy just looks pretty good, actually. 30-18. to 18 line. And, Yeah, I mean, again, everyone thought this NFC West was going to be so good. So that was the thought. The AFC South, again, everyone thought was a terrible division. And Indy is really like, coming out of nowhere. They looked so bad early in the year, and now they go into a big matchup this week with the chance that really – getting a chance at the division against Tennessee. And I mean, they just actually look good when Carson Wentz. I mean, he made a stupid mistake this game too. That's the Tried worst. to make multiple, but dude,
0: that interception he threw in the red zone was the worst interception. I think I've ever seen in my life. Like the, he shoveled it to the defender, like right in the breadbasket. Perfect. Shovel to the other guy. And there was like nobody around. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was just nuts. They didn't even play that good. He only threw one fifty yards for three total touch. I mean, the weather was definitely a, f- a factor, no doubt.
1: Yeah, the weather weather was a hundred percent a factor here overall. I think another takeaway: Jonathan Taylor looks really good again. Elijah Mitchell looked really good. He looks like a really good back. But Jimmy Garoppolo was not good, and I don't really know what to think of Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. I mean. They drafted Trey Lance for a reason and traded up to get him, but he's injured and this offense is just kind of a mess. This defense should be decent, but I don't. I don't really know where to go with it. You know what's crazy is San Francisco was on the bye last week. I don't remember
0: picking San Francisco at all or even talking about them for the last six weeks. Like they're just going to be like the most nothing team that this year, and not saying they're nobodies. They're just they've been a nothing team. I just haven't cared about them that much. If you're not. Uh, on my radar, then you must not be good. And San Francisco is not good.
1: Yeah, no, he, they're not good. And that division is just turning into a mess. And we thought this division would be the best division in football. And you have two teams who are not very good now, which is fine. Moving into the Monday nighter, then, uh we'll touch on one of those other teams. The new Orleans saints went to Seattle laying five. I mean, they probably should have covered multiple times. Wasn't for one crazy play that got DK up early, Seattle up early. This offense was horrible for Seattle. I mean, the offense for the Saints wasn't much better. They couldn't throw it, but I mean, why do you need to? I mean, throw it. They threw a lot of screen passes. They couldn't throw it downfield at all. But why do you need to when you have Anthony Alvin Kamara?
0: What do you have for run? Like, what was his running yards yesterday? Because
1: I didn't think that he had that many. Twenty carries for fifty-one yards. That's terrible. What are you doing? Yeah not good 2.6 average Seattle was it, like they, they were just stacking the box the entire game so that was tough on them but when you can't rush it he's got 10 receptions for 128 yards and a touchdown so you just need to give him a little space instead of trying to get him to Henry it and just up the tackles because that's not who Alvin Kamara is you give him the space you give him those screen passes and he'll make defenses look silly and that's what he did Jameis actually playing smart he's doing smart things taking the runs when he can rushing it when he needs to for first down I think that's the big thing is they're taking chances on first down a fair bit but Jameis is throwing it in the right spots where it's either going to be an incompletion or his team getting it he's not being stupid this year Sean Payton's not letting him I mean it's hurting I think the upside of him but when you got a defense who's actually pretty decent and you're playing a guy like Geno Smith you're not trying to be stupid and this was just, it was an ugly game overall. Kind of felt, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of ugly, but uh, the Saints got the win and they're just kind of a weird team. Their they're record's not bad. They're four and two, second in the NFC South. And the Seahawks are in trouble now. Two and oh, five. Yeah. No Russ has killed them. Tyler Lockett's just, he can't do anything without Russ. He's a deep threat. DK had one massive reception. The only weird stat I have out of this, Russell Wilson's longest reception in his career. 88 yards. Geno Smith had an 84-yard reception for a touchdown yesterday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, it was a good day for quarterbacks and receiving. It was weird, too. Like, uh, I forgot to mention this. Derrick Henry threw a touchdown on Sunday?
1: Yeah. My biggest takeaway from this is this is just everyone's like, oh, Derrick Henry's got no chance at MVP. It's a quarterback award. So Derrick Henry's like, ah, I can go throw touchdowns, too. He can do everything. (laughs) um yeah that so anyway to sum it up i mean
0: that saints game kind of put a bit of a damper on our hot sunday uh cam give us the recap of where we're at with our picks this week was definitely helpful
1: uh except for the locks i mean a week where we're both over 70 percent 70 percent for myself 77 percent for you you're now at 52 percent for the year Let's every game go. against the spread I pulled it up a bit, 47%. So getting back to that 500 level, locks not doing so good though. How do we go 70% and 77% this week and both miss our locks? Like you went 10 and three. One of the three games you got wrong was your lock. (laughs) So Uh, I'm sitting at one and six in locks, 14%. You're three for four, 43%. It's not been good that way. But I mean, 50% 50 every game against the spread, I mean, you get people passing on games. You hear other podcasts passing on games because they don't want to, or leaning. No, we pick every game against the spread. It's not easy, but we're managing pretty well for our first year. Yeah, we're rookies. I tweeted it
0: today. Hey, 10-3. Uh, Cam was 9-4. and four. Is that what yeah. you were? You're 9-4, 10-3. Um, like we're rookies at it, but we're not doing too bad. Like if you want to start, I mean, come on, 70%, 77%, like that's some good numbers. If you bet some cash on those, on those games, um, you did pretty well. If you parlayed a few of those games, you did pretty well. So, Hey, we're here to help. Um, again, the locks, we're going to have to figure something out for, uh, for Thursday's, uh, pre or uh pick spot. Cause we got to, you know, juice these lock numbers up after such an awkward week. But, um, Hey, I'm a little worried though, that, uh, you know Ten and three could this be a uh, could this be a letdown spot for the for the boys nine and three or ten and three nine and four letdown spot looking ahead to the bye fuck no we're gonna keep it up and this is going to just keep getting better and better every single week
1: so we got to look ahead to the Thursday night game then as we do on our first part of the week we look ahead to Thursday night and make our picks Thursday night we have the Green Bay Packers heading to Arizona to take on the undefeated. Cardinals, Cardinals laying six points here. Big thing we got to think of when it comes to this game. No defensive coordinator for the Packers due to testing positive for COVID. Sounds like Devonte Adams is not going to play as he has tested positive, and so it doesn't sound like he'll be able to play on Thursday night either. Those are two big losses for this Green Bay Packers team, especially going to Arizona against this offense and this defense that's been pretty good. Sounds like a nice Aaron Jones spot. On Thursday night is what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah you think they're going to have to go heavy on the running game. Dylan had been good as well going into this every week, but this past week, of course, when I started him in fantasy and he was negative 0.2 points for me. <laughs> but Could I mean, have
0: started nobody and got more points.
1: Yeah. It's bad when you have two pl- two people on your roster in the Baltimore D and AJ Dillon who were negative points. I think that's pretty hard to do in a week, but uh, here looking ahead here, I mean, both teams are six and one against the spread. So something's got to give here. They, I mean, I mean, I guess it's six points, so we could get a push here and it not impact either, but I think you just got to take the Cardinals here. I think they're the better team overall. Green Bay's kind of managed to a really good record and really good against the spread. But I don't really know if they've had much competition or really had a game where they beat the team out bad. Arizona, just every step of the way, they keep taking oppositions and just keep exceeding expectations every week. And we're just got to give them credit now. And until they show us different, we got to keep taking them. So Arizona, less than a touchdown at six points. I got to go that way.
0: Yeah, no, I have to agree with you. I think that... um... Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you look and say, okay, what have I seen from Arizona? And what have I seen from the Packers? And I've been a lot more impressed with what I've seen. I've been a lot more impressed with what I've seen from the Cardinals. Right? And as I said kind of earlier in the show, um, I, I said, you know, do the Packers look like a 6-1 team? And they don't. And the Cardinals absolutely look like a 7-0 team. 100%. So that's where you gotta. That's where you gotta take it, right? Um, I mean, the, the line could change as well. Like I would imagine, the public money is gonna be pretty heavy on the Cardinals, so you might see the line get up to uh, seven, could be seven and a half. Um, but I, I, just think that the weapons. I don't think that the the you know defensive coordinator or whatever somebody's gonna step in. I just frankly don't believe that the Green Bay defense is good enough to stop every single weapon that the Cardinals have. Um, whether it's gonna be Ertz, whether it's gonna be Hopkins, Kirk. Um, or even Murray himself, just run it in. Um, I think that the Cardinals minus six is the play here, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I feel good about that one, and I'm looking for another big week here. You're back above 500, Burke. I got to get my way there. Another big week should do that. So let's take the momentum from week seven and uh, keep moving along into week eight.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, once you get above 500, it's really easy to keep moving that uh, that number up. When you get down, you got to make some recovery. But once you once you recover, you just got to light it up. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Over Six Sports, at Zach Burke Over Six, and at C Charlton Turf. And as always, for the Over Six Sports podcast, I am Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, the Turf King,
1: Cameron Charlton. Thanks for listening to over Six Sports. We'll chat with you on the.